From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week's topic is end of school. All the technology-related things you need to do before crossing that big stage and making your parents so very proud. <laughs> Joining us in the studio, Bucky Badger himself. He never talks, but just trust me, he's here. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana and Andy Mushlevsky. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Guten Tag. Willkommen. To do it live. Connected radio show on the planet. And I'm your host, Ty Christian, along with my wonderful other co-hosts, Teresa Saldana and Annie Muszewski. Hey, guys. Hi. How's it going? And guess who's in the studio today? Our wonderful producer, Sandy Cyberlick, has jumped on a mic and has decided to tell us all about all the stuff in her life that's going on. Oh, really? That's right. Yeah. This this is a tell-all show. We've decided to move it. Exclusive. We're going to move it over away from, you know, tech talk, sort of an open cars. Oh, yeah. You get a car. car. And everyone gets a car. Yeah, just look under your seat. Under my chair? Yeah. It's under your seat. Oh, look, there's Tom Cruise jumping up and down. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it live, the most connected radio show on the planet. Thank you for tuning in here on WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, Wisconsin, the snake on the lake. You can check us out Check us out online, that is, at doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio. And hey, guess what? In the next uh, couple of weeks and or... Well, maybe a couple of weeks. We're going to de- debut a brand new website. So Ooh. stay tuned, kids. It's going to be awesome. In the meantime, you can get, a, uh, get in touch with us here by giving us a call at 608-AOK-WSUM. That's 608-265-9786. You can also email us, of course, radio at doit.wisc.edu. And uh, check out our website, of course, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio, which uh, it tells you all the other wonderful ways that you can get in contact with us. Uh, and as always, check out iTunes, uh, subscribe to the podcasts. You can listen to all the old shows. They're all up there. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and check it out. Although, you know, we, I should give a little disclaimer. An issue in the past couple of days with iTunes U, if you're on iTunes U, which is iTunes University, some of the podcasts are not showing up correctly. So uh, just go over to the plain-flavored iTunes, the main store, check out Do It Live in the main store, and you will find all of the podcasts and not just up through 20 or so. So so check us out online. Uh, so, Teresa, what's up? How's it going? It's going all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, and you know what? It's uh, it's getting colder outside. It is getting colder. I think I saw you, Santa. You know what that means? What does it mean? Finals. I thought it meant polar bear attack season, but that was just me. Oh. Did you know <laughs> that 4.7 out of 10 people will be attacked by polar bears this, this winter? Which 10 people? All all of them. What's 0.7 of a person? Exactly. Well, that's, that's, that's what's left after the polar bear attack. Ouch. Oh, no. Right, right. So, yeah, and we talked about this last, I think we talked about this last time it snowed, um, Austin back in 1947 or so, contacted MIT to see if there was a way to combat uh, the, the, the huge snowfall with use of, like, flamethrowers and chemicals. Those, that's exactly quoting, flamethrowers and chemicals, 
because he was worried that such a huge snowfall would all melt at the same time and flood the rivers and then people's houses would be mm-hmm. would be flooded. So they wanted to like gradually get rid of the snow with flamethrowers. Whoa. Just a little bit. So, I hey, want that job. So so kids, you know, pro tip out there if you're afraid of the polar bear attacks, flamethrowers. Always a good idea. Never a good idea. Always. So <laughs> as, <laughs> as we start off every show, we're going to start off uh, with the uh, uh, Emmy and Tony Award winning anchor Teresa Saldana with the news. It's Teresa Saldana with the action news on Do It Live Thursday. Action, 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 action. Well, drama, I'm, drama, I'm, drama. I'm, drama. <laughs> 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 <That's a> sp- <laughs> All right, what you got? All right, so uh, first bit of news is holiday-related. Technology and the holidays are such a wonderful pairing. Mm-hmm. So I found out that <laughs> Apple has a 12 Days of Christmas app. That's, isn't hey, that exciting? Every day it is. is an I Apple new. I want it. And it, they're actually giving away free things. Apple's giving away free what? things. What? Yes. That's, that's amazing. Like music and movies. But you know what? What? It doesn't matter because you can't have it. Why? Because it's only in Europe and Canada. What? Oh. That's terrible. That- maybe maybe it's because we don't actually know when the 12 days of Christmas are. When, it, when are they? Well, apparently, according to Apple, it's December 6th to January Five 6th. Five golden but, wait, that, that seems like more than 12 days. But they celebrate Boxing Day. <laughs> uh, and... Um, it's Boxing things. Day. And well, other things. Ready, yeah. ready, set, Boxing Day. That's going. All right. So yeah, if you're you in, got gumption, kid. If you're in Europe or Canada, you can get this this Twelve Days of Christmas app, and you can get free things. But if you live in the U.S., you can't have you it. You can't. Well, do you think they're gonna fix that, or is it? Is it? Is it? It's set not in something stone? that's broken. We're well, just we just don't have it. That's kind of mean, though. We're excluded we'll from anyway. the promotion. Maybe we'll buy things anyway, and they they don't need to include the U.S. I don't know about that. I'm not going to buy anything. This is a buy nothing Christmas, except for my mom. Mom, please buy me stuff <laughs> for oh. Christmas. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting tidbit of news. So if you if if we do have any listeners out in Canada or Europe, go go check out this app that we can't have. Buy us stuff. And yes. it's called Apple oh. Twelve Days of Christmas. Yes. Okay. Get a new gift every day. Should be called a Grinch that stole Christmas. See. Mm. Unless you're in the United States. <laughs> Well, that's terrible. Um, I know. Horrible news. Thank you very much for bringing me down. The, uh, well, I I'm... wish to register a complete... So let's go for... The, what's, what's the next news story? <laughs> okay, so... Some happy, uh, Switching gears from Apple to Windows, um, the the Windows 8 App Store has been revealed. What? What's They've that? They've started talking about it. The online marketplace for Windows 8 applications. So they're talking about how... Um, it's going to be more flexible, more transparent, and ultimately more lucrative for developers than Apple. Don't they? I'm 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 kind of thinking you know, as as Apple is is want to do. Wouldn't they be you know start doing a lawsuit about like well we had App Store first. Well, you're you're taking the name. Um, I don't know. I don't know because I, mean, I think it's just going to be called the Windows Store. The, oh, okay. Well, there you go. So they're not going to call they're not going to leave the app out of there. They're just going to call it the Windows Store. Interesting. Not to be confused with real Windows. <laughs> so is, is this going to be like? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I know because ten point seven, the operating system uh, for Apple, the new mm-hmm. Lion operating system, you mm-hmm. can only get that through the Apple 
App Store. Correct. You have to download that on your machine mm-hmm. that way. I wonder if Windows 8 is going to be the same deal. Probably not. You don't think so? No. Well, you know, because Ac- Apple's market share is so much smaller, I think they can, they they can, can get away still, with at that. this point, they can still <laughs> get away with it. But if Microsoft tried to do that, there'd be outcries. They probably I'm would. I'm sure. Imagine how much money you'd save, though. I mean, it, I suppose this could be, uh, same thing could be argued for, um, like, video games, like Steam and, you know, developers. Imagine how much money you would save mm-hmm. if you didn't have to make a box, you didn't have to press discs to send all over, you didn't have to put up with, like, you know, uh, here's your activation code, type it in kind of mm-hmm. thing. You just need servers. Lots you just need and lots, lots and lots of servers. And, yeah. and hard drive space. Yeah. But I mean, you know, do you think that would, do you think overall that would be cheaper than making a bunch of disks? Or do you think there is a, do, do you think it's an equal trade off? I mean, what do you guys think? Well, those distribution methods are already in place. Uh huh. So, I mean, I would think the cost would be pretty minimal, right, you know, at this point. Sure. While optical media is still widely in use. Um, but if they make the upfront investment and they get the server farms, like Apple's been doing, they mm-hmm. built that data center in North Carolina. Um, they, you know, that's, I think the way of the future, that's what people will want. Did you see that it's the development for the stores now related to the, it's, um, (coughs) only developers from 27 countries are allowed to develop for the store Uh at this point. Sorry, Uganda. For for the Windows (laughs) app store. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nigeria, straight out. Yeah. Nope, not, not getting in there. China's there. included in the 27 China. countries. Mm. Really? So those are the countries that are allowed to develop for it or will be allowed to initially use it? Those are. This is for development at this point. Okay. Wow. Um, because the article I read uh, said that um, Windows is available, well, the store will be available worldwide and it'll be available in 231 markets, more than 100 languages, and purchases in 58 currencies. Huh. Correct. The 231 markets will come later, but right, right now development, it says it has restricted initial app submission to 27 countries. I see. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Do you, I mean, can, can you probably think of to, a to, Probably reason? in part to just limit just the inundation of of all the submissions they're going I to suppose, have yeah, I, I suppose. would think hmm. Hmm. you know that would be like with with the iPad if Apple had tried to release it to all of the countries they currently now sell it in <laughs> at the same time I mean it, right. it would have been they, they wouldn't have been able to meet demand at all mm-hmm. so Microsoft is probably just trying to keep it limited because I'm, you know, I mean, think of all the companies that Apple's working with for for software development, yeah. and think of all the ones that work with Microsoft. That's true. That's true. <sighs> the other thing is, is they, sure. there's an annual registration fee, and they have to be able to collect that as well. So they've got ah. listed all the different oh ways my. that they can collect the annual registration fee for a developer account. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So they said that it'll. They announced that the store would become available with the release of the Windows 8 beta, which is scheduled for late February. Whoa! And you guys have seen screenshots of Windows 8, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I'm a little. It's looking a little more. I'm a little iOS. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Like they're they're jumping right over Apple on that one. Yeah. I mean they're they're going straight for the for that. They're really trying to layout. quote unquote innovate. And yeah, there was some. I don't yeah. know if that's. Interesting features that they were talking about, like uh, speeding up startup time by not ever shutting down your computer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, you, you, and and the and you know the the person the person in me the help desker in me 
uh, just cringes at that. Yeah. Uh, especially with the you know people that come in to walk in that have dead hard drives all the time because they haven't shut down their computers and they put it in their backpacks and they've gone mountain biking. Yeah. Put it in know. a sleeve and let put it, it bounce around. Yeah, and then and then close up the sleeve and let it get all hot and. Yeah. You know, it's like a swamp in there. Mm-hmm. You open it up and like computer musk just flies out everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that. And kids, that's not good for your hard drives. Yeah. Don't. Do remember that even if your computer's asleep and you put it in your bag, it still has to stay cool. Yeah. And it's still got, well, it's still got power going to mm-hmm. it if it's asleep. Just mm-hmm. shut it down, dude. Yeah. If you're going to put it to sleep, just shut it down. It takes like 30 extra seconds. Come on. Yep, mm-hmm. and protecting your hard drive like that is a big thing. Little known fact that laptop size hard drives, the the platter inside of them is actually made out of a composite material that's either glass or porcelain. Really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. So they smash pretty easy. That I did oh, not wow. know. I didn't know that. Huh. But luckily, laptops are going straight for um, flash storage. Yeah, the so, SD I mean, storage. Right. So the I know the MacBook Air already has it. Obviously, that's one of its... Sure. Uh, key selling points. Which, speaking of flash memory, uh oh, big news here. The Uh-oh. world's first 128 gig, 20 nanometer NAND flash could pack two terabytes into 2.5 SSD. Okay, we what? need to break that down for the folks at home. That's all. What? 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 So right now, uh, what is okay, guys? What is the largest capacity hard drive that can go into a into a laptop? Um. I'm just gonna throw a number. We're out talking here. standard size hard drives. I know they make some that are <sighs> slightly larger that won't fit into a standard compartment. I'm gonna say like standard is probably at this point either 320 or 500, isn't it? No, I'm talking about the largest you can the, put. Oh, in the there. largest, not um, the standard. 1.5, isn't it terabytes? Um, so, ooh, no. no. I've seen. I don't think so. Uh, I I, I haven't ever. Okay, for a laptop. Yeah. I've never. I haven't ever seen anything over like one. one I don't think no. so either. I've never seen I think anything one over one. One is the biggest. Yeah. yeah. But now there's how many? How much? Now they could pack two. Two. Two that's, terabytes. That's one more. That's fifty percent more. Yes. That's like uh, that's like supersize it. It's like the so f- we're, pay gonna, the 50 we're going cents to extra. see um, storage devices just explode with storage capacity, but you know, obviously <laughs> conserve not, on space. Not only is it smaller, but it's also much faster. Mm-hmm. This new RAM. Yeah. yeah so didn't. Uh, didn't the article say something about they have to actually uh, redesign the um, the interface the interface actually, for the, the I/O bus for it? They're actually going to have to create something new because the memory is so fast. That's that's so incredible. Fast. That's all. and and you know I've said this before, but um, uh, as 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 time goes along, um, very quickly, you know, the same amount of storage that you paid seventy dollars for six months later will be half that price, and you'll be able to pay seventy dollars for double that amount of storage. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just I'm just very excited for like 20, 30, 40 years into the future when I'm a crotchety old guy. Uh, and uh, they they now have TVs that are the most high definition that it, like a human eye can even perceive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a storage amount that is like thirty, you know, cheaper than fifty dollars that can hold like all of the world's TV shows forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be amazing. It it's going to happen. Amazing. You yeah. know it's going to happen because the human yeah. eye has a limitation. Mm-hmm. It can't see past X amount of, I, you know, here's a good question. What is the uh, highest resolution that a human eye can perceive differences at? If you know the answer, uh, call us right now, 265-9786. That's A-O-K-W-S-U-M. Or, or well, ask okay. Siri and or ask call Siri. us. Well, wait, Ty, why don't you ask Siri? 
Uh, why why are we debating why this? Are we we debating? should ask. I wonder if this <laughs> will actually see. work. Consult let's the get, Oracle. Right, let's, try let's try it. Yeah, here. we could probably ask her once a day. Siri, what is the highest definition that a human eye can see? She's thinking. Let me think. This is riveting. I don't know that. Would you like to search the web for it? I would. Yeah, I'm going to search the web. Oh. Searching the web for Siri, what is the highest definition that human eye can see? <laughs> We're gonna figure this out live on the air. Yeah. Um, except it's pulling up all Apple sites. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think because it's Apple rigged. Came it's rigged. Out, <laughs> Apple came out with the Retina display. Wasn't that their argument that the the display on the iPhone four, the four S, that it it has got so many pixels packed into it mm -hmm. that the human eye can't even detect all of them. Interesting. So. Well, next week uh, on Do It Live, we will have you have the answer to that question. Unless what is the highest step? Unless somebody in, wants to call in. They to know the answer. So, anyway, all right. So, what else we got for, for news here? So, oh, well, maybe this will go with the fact that we can't figure this out. There, okay. There's, a, um, <laughs> there's an iPad app that just came out called Unstuck, and it is a life coach. So, basically, you can say something to it like, my siblings and I can't figure out what to get my father for Christmas, which some of you may be struggling with right now. Mm -hmm. And this app will actually ask you questions and step by step try to figure out what exact like why exactly you're stuck on this question what mm. is it about this problem that you can't figure out because daddy never loved me <laughs> <laughs> and then why. and then it'll suggest tools like mapping it out or you know try something different you know it'll it'll give yeah. structured tips for how you can attack this problem in a different way and give you suggestions on how to solve it. Interesting. Yes, but it's only for the iPad. I tried putting it on my phone just mm. to see if I could download it and take a look at it. Wouldn't work. And no, it's huh. just for the iPad. And then eventually the app um, will be designed to, uh, so that users can share their problems and, and try <laughs> to, I know, right? Um, <laughs> users can share their problems. Right, but it, you're supposed to use it within this. I like to tweet my problems. My <laughs> <laughs> daddy never loved me. That's so yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what the app does. It helps you try to logically figure out a problem, why it's not working for you, and, and figure out um, patterns in your problems if you keep having similar uh, problems to help you try to get around those. Interesting. So it is a life coach on the iPad. <laughs> well, It's crazy. I never thought there could be uh, you know, another use for the iPad that just made it more weird for me yeah. than it so now it'll nag you until you now get it'll it. nag you get until a job <laughs> why aren't you going out and talking to those nice people what's happening with your life come on i hope it i hope it has like an old old jewish mother type of you know yeah, voice jewish, to it. jewish grandmother yeah, yeah i'm sure that's an option gosh that'd be amazing all so, right hey i got some sure 90 this was a top story on reddit tech 99 dollar android tablet that has up to eight hours of battery life while watching video. Wow. wow. And guess what it comes with? Ice cream sandwich. Yummy. Not the, not the actual oh. delicious treat, oh. but the operating system that was developed by uh, Google that was, that was accidentally debuted <laughs> on, uh, that, you know, that's, that's the PC way of saying it, right? Accidentally debuted on a phone that somebody lost mm -hmm. somewhere. So That seems to be a trend. It is, yeah. It's a ninety-nine dollar like, tablet. It's ninety-nine. It's a hundred bucks. It's one no. bill. Not, not available. It's a in Benjamin. Yeah. Oh, it's not even yeah. available here. Yeah, approximately. Approximately ninety-nine. Dollars. Well, that sounds exciting. I like that. You know, that we're we're getting options for tablets, or at least companies are trying to compete with the iPad. Well, you know, and another thing to think about it, I guess, in 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 a sense, is that, say, you want just a 
something to watch videos on the bus, you know. Maybe maybe you have a 30-minute bus drive to your your place of work every day. Or you know, maybe you maybe your kids are maybe maybe you have a six like when I was a a, a young a young pup growing up in the world, you know. Uh, my parents would oftentimes drive me all the way down from my hometown, which is Superior, er, su- bleh, Superior, excuse me, all the way down here to Madison where my grandma lived. Well, that's a six-hour car ride, and I was like eight. And I mean, you can just imagine, you know. I mean, trying to get someone, you know, someone who's like 12 or, or younger to sit still for like a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't have to chloroform you. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, thankfully they found out about Game Boy. And so that, you know, that's... Oh, well, that helps. That's now why I'm oh, sitting here talking about technology. But, I mean, imagine if you could buy $100, uh, and that could last you for eight hours with no charging. Uh, you, could, you could put eight hours of SpongeBob on there. And kids are appeased. No problem. You know? And if they break it, it's only hundred. It's only a hundred bucks. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, they soaked that right up. So, parents, come on, <laughs> buy buy your kids a ice cream sandwich. I want one. <laughs> Mom, Dad, buy one for me. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, along, d- Teresa, what's your top top tech gifts this year? Top tech gifts. Well, Kindle Fire looks pretty cool. Kindle Fire. And you can't yeah. beat the price point. We talked about that, yeah, the other time. Kindle Fire is pretty. It's neat. pretty much I just purely. Well, what's on your list? What's on my yeah. list? Um. For like tech I stuff. I don't know. No, nothing. No. I, I saw not something. Really. <laughs> I saw something kind of neat. Uh, uh, this is more geek than tech, but um, uh, Think Geek has a Star Wars uh, Han Solo in carbonite ice cube tray. Yeah, I did oh, see those that. Are really sweet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be that's pretty awesome. Um, Sandy, any any uh, tech stocking stuffers that are on your list or anything like that? Well, the um, Kindle Touch just came last night. I haven't had a chance to Ooh. fire it up yet, Ooh. but it um, it's very small and light. Ooh. Ooh. And it's a three G model, mm-hmm. so you can download books anywhere without having any kind of a contract. Which oh, is awesome. So you could be sitting on the beach enjoying your Kindle. It's like I'm done with this Daniel Steele novel. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to do another one. <laughs> so that's the hope. We'll see how this works out. But uh, I was surprised at the size because it's so much smaller than an iPad. Sure. Oh, sure, cool. sure. Cool. Andy, any 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 tech things on your uh, on your list well, this year? Well, I I don't think I'm going to get this, but um, oh, you never know, Santa. Santa uh, you might have you been I'd, a good I'd boy. Have, I'd have to get a really big stocking, and I don't think it's going to be out for Christmas. Uh-oh. But um, it's called the iNuke Boom. iNuke Boom, and it's the most ridiculous iPhone dock I've ever seen. I don't know what if it's it real do? though. It Are you made, sure it's real? I I didn't think it was real, and I looked. And there are about 20 other articles about it. Okay. So it's supposed to be being released at um, the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, it's eight feet by four feet. Yeah, wh- uh, what? what that's that's taller than I am. It's it's an audio dock for your iPhone, and it um, supposedly pumps out a mind-numbing 10,000 watts of power. 10,000 watts? 10,000 watts of power. I can't believe it. That would that would melt my face off. I How think. many watts oh. is that per face? That's ten thousand. But how much face take? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I somebody at the manufacturing point, point plant seven. got the <laughs> I think got the measurements a little. <laughs> yeah, it's off. like it's like that scene in Spinal Tap where they're you know they make the Stonehenge and they say two in, two mm-hmm. feet instead of twenty feet. 
mm-hmm. or 20 inches, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we'll make it eight inches high. No, tw- eight feet high. Oops. Yeah. Shipping My might be bad. Shipping on it might be a little bit. What was the so, price point on that again? Um, twenty twenty nine thousand. Oh, come on. Uh, well. Easy. 700 pounds. No, so. that's, that's. Shipping would be, you know. That's 60 monthly installments of, uh, you know, only like $3,000, so. Maybe I should put that on my Christmas list. That's not Math too bad. Math may not be accurate. There are a couple I, I, things for the iPhone that look really fun. Have you seen the Showtime karaoke player? No. What's that? Um, it actually turns your iPhone into a karaoke machine. Oh, boy. Whoa. Yeah. So that's something. And also um, there's a direct printer where you just mm-hmm. stick it in the dock on the top and it prints photos. Oh, neat. And those are from Frontgate. I've been looking at that catalog. So <laughs> those Frontgate? are Frontgate.com. Ah. Ooh. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Teresa, do you have any other news that you can that we can talk about? Oh, uh, we were talking about the Swiss government. Oh yes, and the recent Those ruling regarding Swiss file seeds. sharing, and they said uh, legal file sharing. Yeah, it's you know, we really don't think it's a big deal. We're not really looking to up our anti-piracy efforts. And you know, it's interesting because Sweden has actually has a, a political p- uh, party that's the Pirate Party. Uh, in Sweden, and it's made up of um, yar of pirates, of, oh, yes. of music pirates, and and that kind of stuff. And they're very pro piracy. Well, what what makes the Swedish government say that, Teresa? What's what's their thought behind well, it? Well, their thought is that uh, bands make money off of concerts and merchandise that actually they haven't seen um, spending go down. Mm-hmm. So they said that piracy is not threatening the profitability of a band of a band. <laughs> um, Probably is threatening the profitability of a multinational label, Record though, right? Company. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like that. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things. that's like really shocking. Bands have to go out and play for their money and sell. You know, it's like musicians have to play in front of people to do. Th- you know, it's like come on. Unbelievable. I, I I have always been a big proponent of of you know buying merch at the at the shows and and uh, and buying a CD at the show and and directly supporting even like local bands. You know, I go to, I go out and see a lot of local shows and I try to. Try to uh, buy a CD, buy a shirt, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, I know it's going di- it's going directly to them, right into their pockets. No. Whereas if you know, if I buy a CD over Amazon or something like that, Amazon's getting you know thirty percent or you know something like that. So, right. You know, whereas if I buy it in person, it's a hundred percent. Plus, you can get an autograph then. Right? Yeah. Oh my God! Oh my mm-hmm. God! We so. should also mention when you talk about holiday gifts there mm-hmm. are a couple that are on the gift list from uw madison that there are deadlines for oh, oh. yeah yeah yeah. can you um, tell us about those sure the veterinary the school of veterinary medicine every year does um free puppies uh, yeah oh my gosh it. yes free puppies. oh okay uh oh. it's a free holiday c- well it's not a free holiday card it's a holiday card that you can order that's actually a donation in someone's name so oh, that's nice. you pay oh, that's cool. uh an amount of money a small amount of money, and you get a nice card sent to the person saying that a, dono- a donation has been made in their name to the UW School of uh, Veterinary Medicine. And oh. they do have a deadline on that, though. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the gifts mm-hmm. next week, but um, they do have a deadline of the 14th of December for people to receive those by ah, I see. by the holidays. And there's actually, if you go to www.vetmed.wisc.com, Dot edu, you can look for their annual holiday card. Okay. Neat. Cool. It's very, very nice looking, too. That's mm. awesome. 
Cool, and that's that's a great gift for someone that you don't know what to get them and animal oh, yes. lover, animal and, lover, yeah. and it's you're not going to get yep. them something that they're just going to sit on their desk forever. And we'll go through right. a, a longer list. Yeah, next week. Yeah, so uh, tune in next week for our. Um, do we want we want to call it our, our uh, holiday, top holiday guide? Picks. Yeah, uh, ho- holiday the holiday guide. guide from Do It Live, the Do It Geeks, and the Exam Survival Guide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Get ready, get ready, kids, for that exam uh, exam time. It's coming up here. So we'll help you out with your Christmas shopping and your studying. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick little uh, commercial break, a little pause for the cause here. Uh, so check us out uh, online, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. Uh, you can give us a call right now, 608-AOK-WSUM. That is 608-265-9786. Email us, radio at doit.wist.edu. Dot edu and check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcasts, and we'll be right back with more. Do it live.
And now the Do It Live three disclaimers with our guest geek of the week, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Number one, the opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Number two, products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, aka Do It, and other university departments as well as drawings and giveaways may be only available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. Ah. Number three, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations to like recommending you to get to the chopper. However, they do not endorse nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Now get to the chopper! Here's what happens to you when you've been picked up for drunk driving. This man knows what he's talking about. He's a lawyer. First thing, you'll get a breath test. If you fail, they'll arrest you on the spot. They can hold you in jail up to three days if they want to. If it's over a weekend, you could be in there even longer. By the time I see you, you're gonna be scared and humiliated and wondering what's gonna happen next. Well, you've lost your license and now you're gonna have a criminal record. Your insurance is gonna go up. You're probably looking at at least $5,000 in fines, lawyer fees, and lost wages. And if you killed somebody, you're looking at time in prison, even with a plea bargain. In the end, there's only so much I can do. Last year, there were more than 34,000 DWI arrests in Minnesota. So get a designated driver, or pay the price. A safe and sober message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. And we're back with more Do It Live on WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, the snake on the lake. Check us out online, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio, on iTunes, on the web, on the emails, we're everywhere. We're the most connected radio show on the planet, Do It Live, and Teresa is outraged. She is, I, I cannot express to you. Um, and, and Bucky Badger, who is our, our, our guest in the studio right now, is he's got his hands crossed, or sorry, his arms crossed, and he's nodding his head back and forth in complete disappointment at what is going on right now. You have no idea. Teresa, tell us all about all it. All right, geek boys and girls out there. Just found out something that Justin Bieber has ruined once again. Thanks. Not only has he done a cover of the song um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, but for some reason the video, and I've watched it and I'm flabbergasted as to why they did this, is steampunk themed. Oh no. So for all you geeks out there that love steampunk, (laughs) soon... Hey, did you like Firefly? uh, Not anymore, and now you don't. Now it's been bieber Now it's been bieber (laughs) So, uh... If you if you like steampunk, well, the nine to fourteen year old crowd now does too. Yeah, yeah. So hope hope you like that. Steampunk fashion's gonna go mainstream. You Can't know, wait. It, it's the same thing that happened when I was in middle school and I got into Pokemon. Okay. Okay. Just just stay with me here for a second. Okay. I was like, dudes, you'll never believe this. This awesome game's coming out. Mm-hmm. We all got into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so the seventh graders saw it. And then they got into it. And then the sixth graders saw it. The seventh graders were into it. Mm-hmm. Went all the way. By the time it was at second grade, I couldn't play it anymore. And that's what Justin Bieber has done to steampunk. Mm-hmm. And you know the worst part about that video is that a lot of this, like, 
steampunk costumes and stuff that they've mm-hmm. got like justin bieber's like hand thing mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. looking like really well done yeah oh, Justin but it, Bieber. but it just doesn't work for the song it's really weird like they're trying to use the use steampunk it's steampunk to be you know santa's workshop but it's very very lacking in christmas uh <laughs> no decor christmas cheer, and cheer. It's yeah. really weird looking because, you know, steampunk is dark and gritty. It's and creepy. And so is this video. And yeah, it's creepy. And so. then Bieber pops up smiling. and <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Winds up a mechanical woman who dances. That's what yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. It anyway. does. So very strange. Um, <sighs> so if you liked steampunk, I wouldn't admit it anymore. And now you can never unview that video. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Justin Bieber. <laughs> All right. So, so this week we're talking about uh, the end of school. School uh, is coming to a close for a, for a, a select group of people. Some people are actually graduating in December. Uh, I know most people graduate in May, but it is not unheard of that you finish school, you know, in in the in the winter months. But this is a good thing to know for pretty much everybody who is in school right now, who is you know not graduating but is going to graduate. Because I mean, you know, hopefully you will graduate at some point. I mean, I'm sure your parents hope that too. Probably. We all hope that. We all hope you graduate at some point. Uh, and when you do, uh, there's a bunch of of things related to the technology here on campus that you need to know about what happen, you know, what happens after you graduate. And I think the first thing that people, you know, need to know that pre- people do not know, people it doesn't uh, come to mind uh, right away is that um, your whistmail gets deactivated after you graduate. So if you're no longer affiliated with the university, you no longer have any more whisk mail. Which and may not be a big deal. I mean, maybe you right. just need to change the way, the direction that your mail gets forwarded. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, uh, but, you know, we this this last week we actually had uh, deactivations. And uh, every, every time we do deactivations, every semester, we get a couple people that didn't back up their mail, didn't realize it was coming. I mean, we send mm-hmm. out a bunch of... You know, emails and reminders and, and, you know, in some instances called people and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, still still we get some people that thought that their email was backed up and it wasn't. Yep. And then it and on the day it gets deactivated, it's literally deleted mm-hmm. like forever, like gone. Cannot get it back. Ever. Right. So how do you suggest people back up their email? Well, here's here's what I did. And I I, uh, I think this is probably the best way to do it. So you are, you're walking across the stage uh, sometime in January. You're, you're graduating this semester, or just pretend you're graduating this semester. You've got maybe you know, a couple of months before your email gets deactivated. The email uh, accounts, NetID accounts are deactivated uh, twice per year. I think once in, I believe it's like March, and then once in uh, November. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. I'd still do it by like Martin Luther King Day, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's what I did uh, when I graduated. So I graduated in May. Uh, way back in the day. And and what I ended up doing is the second I graduated, I set up a, a Gmail account or, or you, you, know, you can set up Yahoo, you can set up Hotmail, anything you like, uh, but not a Whiskmail account. And inside of my Whiskmail account, I made a vacation message. And you might be saying, well, what, you know, you're not on vacation. Well, here's what it does. What vacation messages do is anytime anyone emails you, it sends them an email back, and usually the email says, "Hey, thanks for sending me an email, but I'm on vacation, so I'll be back on this time, and I'll, you know, I'll get your email then." What I made the vacation message say was, "Thanks for emailing me. I'm no longer using this email account. I'm now using blah 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 blah, you know, whatever it is at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Please update your address book." 
now I knew, and, and then that would stay active until my account gets deactivated. So if I was uh, graduating in May and I got deactivated in November, you know, I had a probably a good uh, four or five month uh, period, uh, maybe more. I, math escapes me at the moment. You know, it's about six months. Six months. So I had six months where people could email me at my WISC address and they would get that that automatically. They'd get that little uh, little thing popping up. And, you know, if, if you think about it, pretty pretty much, I mean, with a, with a few exceptions, pretty much anybody who's going to email you regularly is going to contact you within six months. Wouldn't you say so, Teresa? I would hope so. I mean, the majority of your contacts that, that you know, would want to keep in contact with you are probably going to mm-hmm. email you in a six-month span. Oh, yeah. You know? So that way, in a six-month span, they all uh, everybody who's there gets an email saying, hey, I got a new email address. And and then that's how that works. Now, <laughs> I, uh, when I graduated, I actually got a, a tech job uh, out in Middleton. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm, n- I'm never going to be using my Wismail address again. It's going to be deleted. <laughs> so I signed up for a bunch of, like, you know, things that, like, spam your email account over and over and over with my just whisk address because I'm like, oh, whatever, it's going to be deleted in <laughs> six months, whatever. And then I ended up quitting the job in Middleton and getting a job at Do It, and I kept my – and, you know, it was, it was before my email got deactivated. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, it, it took me a quite some time to filter out all those spam messages <laughs> from my whisk address. Wow. Yeah. So um, – That's funny. I had a simil- similar – scenario happened really? with my whisk mail as well i was oh, gone from the university for a few years and came back and there you go inundated with spam <laughs> but i guess you know what i'm saying here is is rule of thumb is that uh pretty much the second you walk across the stage you have to start thinking about backing up your mail uh if there is a anything important in your email uh inbox you want to get that a copy made of that you want to get it out of there you want to get it over to another email service like Gmail or Yahoo or AOL as soon as humanly possible because you know let's just face it the more backups you have the better yep. you know so it goes with your email goes with your data i mean backup everything yeah so my web space would be another place exactly and I know we talked about this before about how many people have not backed up their data and have an issue during exams or when it's really critical. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So backing up your hard drive is uh, sure good that, thing. Yeah. To but did remember. we? I'm sorry. Did we talk about how exactly you move the messages you want to keep? No, no, we didn't. Yes, let's talk about that. So aside from forwards, getting people to start using your new email address um, or having, you know, any messages from here on out moved over to an email address, you're probably asking yourself, well, what do I do about the messages I already have? How do I keep those? How do I keep those? Which you certainly can. I'm asking the question. What? You're asking me? I'm asking, how do I keep those? Or do you want to ask, you want to, are you asking me? How do you keep those? I'm asking you, Who's asking what? All right, I'm the help desk guy here. So I'll, I'll do the question. I'll do the questioning around here. See, so uh, here's the best way. Here's the easiest way to move over to say a Gmail or a Hotmail account. First things first, you want to pick a email service that has IMAP as a feature. And you know, basically, what this means is if you use a program like Outlook or Thunderbird or Windows Mail or Mac Mail, uh, basically a a mail program. So not something that you pull up in a, in a web browser, but a mail program then that's installed on your computer. Uh, what you can do is you can connect to your Gmail, your Hotmail, your AOL Mail, your Yahoo Mail, whatever you've got, via this thing called IMAP. And it's basically just a way to connect to your email. 
Uh, once you set up an IMAP account on this mail program, be it Thunderbird or Outlook or whatever you got, then all of your email will show up in your inbox. And you'll see an inbox, there'll be separate categories for each account you set up. So say you set up a Wismail account. You'll have a folder that says Wismail, and then right under that you'll have a folder that says Inbox. So then you've set up your Wismail account. Now you set up your Gmail account. So you, now you have two accounts. You've got one, one inbox that says Wismail, one inbox that says Gmail. Your Wismail is probably going to be full of stuff that you want to move over. Your Gmail is probably going to be empty because you just set it up. So what you do is you open up your inbox on your Wismail, and you'll see all of your messages sitting in there. You just click and highlight them all. So basically click and drag or click and highlight, whatever works for you in your mail program. And then you click it, drag it over to your inbox in Gmail or Hotmail or whatever, and then boom, let it copy over. It's as simple as that. Are there instructions for that somewhere online where people can look this up? There's a bunch of – well, the thing is we have a bunch of instructions online for setting up uh, IMAP accounts uh, in Wiskmail. But a lot of these other uh, mail programs, Hotmail uh, – or sorry, mail accounts, Hotmail, Gmail, etc., they – uh, their their information is always changing, and it's not something that we really support, you know, at the university Gmail or Hotmail. So um, we do have instructions online for setting up an IMAP account with Whiskmail. We do not have instructions for setting it up with Gmail or Hotmail or that kind of thing. But it's it's pretty much as simple as running a Google search. So if you say, uh, you know, Gmail IMAP Thunderbird mm -hmm. in 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 Google, boom, it'll pull it up, pull yeah. something up. You know, I would definitely recommend Gmail. It was a pretty simple setup process. Mm -hmm. Gmail is is guaranteed IMAP, and in in my personal opinion, it's probably the safest and the probably the quickest of any of the mail that you're going to have out there mm -hmm. uh, as far as webmail goes. So, mm -hmm. Ty, what's the danger if someone doesn't use IMAP and they use, say, Pop Three Aha! instead? There he is, uh, Mr. Mr. Michlevsky has hit the nail on the head about pop there's there's two different types we get this a lot there's two different types of ways that you can connect to your mail uh using outlook or thunderbird or a mail program imap and pop and the way that i like to describe it is like this pop is like having a mailbox in the in like uh on, on your house, you know? The mailman comes by, you got a, you got a little mail, mail bin on the side of your house, right? Mm -hmm. Mailman comes by, puts all your messages in your mail bin, and that's where they live. So they live right on the side of your house. Mm -hmm. Now, if your house burns down, all of your messages are gone, Yep. right? Whereas IMAP is like having a magic window to the post office that you can just put anywhere. So you, you put the magic window in your living room, you open up the magic window and you peek in, and hey, there's uh, the happy mailman. You say, hey mailman, you have, have any messages from Auntie Susie? And they'd be like, oh yeah, here you go. And you can read them through the magic window, mm -hmm. you know, with half of your body in the post office and half of your body in your living room. And they're always gonna be <laughs> in the post office because <laughs> you never bring them into your living room. You're always just reading them, you know, through this magic window. So if your house burns down, or you know your cat tips over one of your taper candles and like everything is ruined forever all of your mail is still safe so that's why we definitely recommend using IMAP instead of pop here's another a big problem with using pop uh, for a lot of the uh, accounts that you have using pop if you set up a pop account and it downloads all of your messages those messages are now gone from the Wismail server so you can only read them only read them on the computer that you set up the pop account mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. so you can no longer go over to a friend's house and be like i just gotta check my mail real quick cindy and just open it up because it'll be blank it'll mm -hmm. be gone there'll be nothing yep. there remember it, it goes right to your house you can't access it with the magic window use imap kids pop is bad 
pop uh, is only for very the way that I like to think about it is it goes pop <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it's and it's gone. off the server. It's like a balloon popping. You just go boop and it's gone. Bye bye. I think that's that's the the analogy that that I try to use. It's just it's just pop. It's gone, and IMAP just allows you to IMAP actually allows you to not only access your messages on the server but also save a local copy. So it's it's both. Yeah. It allows you to download them to have a local copy so that you can use it even when you're not on the internet, and then be able to also log in from a web browser right. at someone else's house and access your messages. So. Get your email onto Gmail. If you don't know how to do that, start the asking desk. the help desk for help. We will help you. Don't we will help put you. this off. So the other big thing is you won't have access to the inexpensive software through mm -hmm. the WISC program oh, or yeah. through the tech stores. So yeah, people should start thinking about that as well. Huge, huge savings on Adobe and Microsoft products. Not only that, but all of this pretty much all the stuff in the tech store. And it, it's and it's not it's not like with, with, with our services with NetID and that kind of stuff, you get a little kind of a grace period after you graduate, but not so with the tech you store, know, right? You cross you get that diploma in your hand and you are done. So you can't buy anything from the tech store ever again. So you need to schedule this into your exams before you leave town or before you start taking exams to stop by or mm -hmm. get online and yep. get your, Buy your inexpensive software. software or Otherwise, mm -hmm. it costs a lot. But just for Microsoft Office, I think we sell it for $72 in the tech store. It's a around, lot more well, it's than around, that. Around. Around. Days. Yeah. So. So if you have to buy it directly from Microsoft, though, it's yeah. a lot more it's money. It's crazy. It's I know that, you're, that the prices for WISC software for any Adobe products, a price difference is huge. huge. Thousands of dollars a difference. Well, you can buy at the texture. No you good. can buy like uh, the Adobe Complete Pack, which is everything that Adobe makes ever. The right? Master mm -hmm. Collection. The ma oh, that's what it is. The, bas the Master Collection. You can buy that for somewhere around 600 bucks, right? Is, is that right? Yeah, it's around, it's around that. Yeah. Around. And I believe and it's a couple thousand from Adobe yeah, that's yeah. buy it retail. Yeah. yeah, so holy cow, what a savings. Over $1,000 in so, savings. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you do use Photoshop a lot or, you know, you want to do video editing or, you know, any anything that needs higher end software, consider getting it now. Ask for it even as a graduation present if, you know, if that's if it's if it's something you think you really need. Mm -hmm. You know, get that taken care of. Yeah. Absolutely. And and if you try to come in after you graduate, after you get that diploma in your hand, Andy will personally kick you out yep. with, like, physical yep. force. Yes. He'll be like, get out of here. Yep. And I'm so big and strong. <laughs> dude, dude, put away those guns. I know. It's, <laughs> we have the, a new, there's we have not a enough new, room in the studio for that. We have a new law at the university that you cannot carry guns into the building. Oh, and I see these guns I've been that you're holding right in your... I've been banned. Oh, not again. <laughs> banned from guns. Not again. Oh, I man. think you broke Sandy. <laughs> she's she's. I, uh... Hey, I I just I wanted to do a, a quick announcement here. I I finally practiced what I preached. Uh, so you know we what were did talking. You do? We were talking earlier uh, in the show about uh, you know Sandy brought up backups in my web space and that kind of thing, um, and backing up and how important it is to back up your files. Now I had back you know I am I'm one of the kings of backups here. I got a I got a backup. And then I got a backup of the backup, and then I got a backup in a fireproof safe, you know. But all of these backups, you know, you know how we were talking about about online backups like mm -hmm. Carbonite and Mosey and that kind of stuff. Yeah. All of these backups, they're in my house, which got me thinking: What if my house gets broken into? Yep. What if they take my safe and my computer? Then everything is lost forever. Yes. So I started to look into 
different things online, and I actually tried. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of I want to give you what I, what happened to me. I went and did some research, mm-hmm. and I and I looked uh, at Carbonite, right? And I actually signed up for Carbonite. Um, uh, here's the here's the big thing you guys have to think about when you're signing up. How much data do I have? For me, two and a half terabytes. I have two and a half terabytes of data. Wow. wow. Yeah. Now, uh, my I have Charter online for you know for my for my internet at home. They have a hundred a hundred gigabyte a month limit of like upload and download for for the general speed, which is you know pretty pretty much everyone has. Okay. Which means that if I backed up everything, if I was able to back up a hundred gigabytes a month, it would take me two and a half years. <gasps> You know, approximately, you know, to back up everything. Well, about two years, right? Wow. So I got the super awesome mega giga speed from, from Charter, and I signed up for that. And then what I found out is Carbonite only lets you upload about five gigs a day. It <gasps> caps you at five gigs a day. So I could, so, so that, you know, even then I was, it's going to take me a year probably to back everything up, probably even more. So have you moved one of these hard drives physically someplace else? Well, here's what I found. There's a, a, there's a separate service called Backblaze, B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E, uh, that does the same thing as Carbonite, uh, but it, it lets you do completely uncapped, unlimited uploading uh, for your files. So now, uh, since I've got the super ultra mega giga speed, uh, and I've got backplays. I'm probably going to be able to upload two and a half terabytes in maybe about maybe about a month, you know, rather than than two years. Wow, cool. So, so then after that, will you be able to do incremental backups? Yeah, it, it it does the same thing as Carbonite. It just backs up on the fly. So uh, uh, so basically, it backs up while you're using your files, while you're after you've saved them, that kind of stuff. So it's the exact same thing. So I finally signed up for this. I'm feeling great about it. You know, it's it's awesome. I'd really recommend. Backblaze, Carbonite was great too, but it depends on on you know how much data that you actually have on hand. Because if you've got more than like a you know, terabyte or even a couple, you know, hundred gigabytes, you might not want to think about going with those guys. So, so. is this? We say congratulations to the people that are graduating. Congratulations Congrat- to everyone out there who is graduating. And uh, looks like our hour is just about up here. But before we go, we got a bunch of people to thank. Uh, special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kishner, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Duet's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Bruce Moss. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. Join us next week where we will talk tech again for another hour, and we'll see you then. Stronger.